Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh my gosh, yeah. The very worst. I basically, to do (laughs) that Minnesota accent, I just shut off my nose. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, get yeah. yourself a cold, a temporary cold. Yeah. Get yourself mm-hmm. a nose who can do both. Get you a nose. <laughs> who can't can do either. And do a Minnesotan accent. I don't know what that accent was that I just did, but whatever. <laughs> We're right. fine. Everything's fine. It's great. It's fine. We're it's fine. great. And you know what? No matter what we do, the fans will love this episode. Indeed. Because Obsessively. the topic of this episode is obsessive fan murders. Yeah. I feel like very fortunate that we can't tell any personal stories yet. Yeah. Not really about this. I don't think we're at that level yet. I hope we never get to that level. I mean, Uh, we'll talk about it. Fingers crossed. But But if we do, take Lucy. (laughs) Who are we? Just kidding. I'm Kenyon. (laughs) I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda. Take Lucy. Oh my God. <laughs> Take Lucy. I will go. I have so much to live for. She's only married and has cats. Yeah. Take her cats. <laughs> They'll survive. Oh my God. Amazing. Okay. I have right. a very brief butt plug before we get started. But I haven't. This is didn't a you say show. what it was? Yeah, but I didn't say the fan picker. Oh, right. Sorry. Oh my God. All right. I just got excited. Picker is Amanda's trying to steal your spotlight fan picker. Truly. Well, I'm an obsessive fan about myself. <laughs> I stand myself. <laughs> you stalk yourself on Twitter. You do, though. I literally do. <laughs> I retweet my own Twitter from the main account often. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's really obvious. <laughs> oh my God. Whatever. Amazing. Okay. That's so. how that sports tweet went viral. <laughs> <laughs> Still bitter. <laughs> Riding the coattails of your own business. <laughs> okay. Our fan picker for obsessive <laughs> fan murders is Matt Camerate. Hello, and, Matt. Uh, Matt basically sent us an email that was like, I love you guys, uh, but also I'm a white male and I feel like my kind picks enough in this world so i love that i'm donating my fan pick to you all so it became a gal's pick and amazing we appreciate thank you thank you matt Mm -hmm. we stand matt as well we stand matt and uh yeah that is the top of the episode and amanda what is your butt plug so speaking of standing i super stand this uh little amazing product line that my friend andrea is making right now she's basically diane keaton in baby boom um but she's not making baby food she's making (laughs) like skincare and aromatherapy products that she uses she's she's a minneapolis witch and she uses like a dash of magic to make these products. So I thought that our wine coven would be super, super into it. Yeah. Um, 
she makes like body balms and lip balms and aromatherapy sprays. And they're like super subtle and amazing. I use the lip balm. It's like the last lip balm I'm ever going to fucking need. I swear to God. And if you live in Minneapolis, you can buy some of her new CBD products that she can make now, (gasps) which she can't, she has a website. It's really great. I can pick some up for you because she can't ship it yet. Cause like the government is still really annoying about CBD. But there's a CBD lip balm and a CBD body balm that are amazing. Like I personally had a really nasty knot in my back the other day and I rubbed some of the CBD body balm into it and it Mm -hmm. was like life changing. Mm. So What's the name I'm, of her company? I just recommend that people check out her website. It's housedreacreations.com and that's H-A-U-S-D-R-E-A creations.com. And she can do really cool shit. Like she'll do a tarot reading for you and then make custom products based on like what your tarot reading brings up or what your astrological sign is or like all these different cool, insightful things that she can do. Or if you have a specific ailment or something, How she's basically a potions witch. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh my god! So can if you she do like, a can... phone tarot reading? Oh yeah, she can do it online. She can do it by phone. She has a shop in Minneapolis that you could go to. Like she's super accessible. Love it. Awesome. And then she'll literally craft products like based on whatever witchy outcome comes from your either your astrological sign. She's done all kinds of cool stuff or she'll do a specific reading to help make products for you. Or if you go in and you're like, Oh my God, my feet are crusty and horrifying. She makes this amazing, like foot balms. I mean, I got, I sometimes get crusty feet. It's Minnesota winter. (laughs) Like you feet get crusty. Anyway, just check out her website. She's amazing. Housedreacreations.com. Get a little witchiness in your life. Wine coven. Check the shit out. Love it. That's Baby a great boom. butt plug, and I bet she did not expect you to mention crusty feet numerous Maybe times. Maybe not, but we've also <laughs> been friends for a really long time, so she knows how crusty my feet are. She <laughs> accepts right. me. Speaking of crusty feet, yes. what is our wine god. crime pairing? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm trying not to eat a quiche over here. <laughs> crusty feet is actually the main tasting note of this <laughs> pairing. No, just kidding. <laughs> We are pairing today's episode with Wink Wine Club's Loves Me Not Rosé. Quick plug for Wink Wine Club. They are an online wine club where you can get wine mailed to your door. So check out trywink.com forward slash gals. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com forward slash G-A-L-S. You can peruse their amazing inventory of wines. Now you can order a la carte wines or you could put four or more in your cart and they take care of the shipping. Send it to your Walgreens, send it to your house, send it to your work, send it to everywhere. It's amazing. Trywink.com forward slash gals. And let's talk about this wine. So this is the Loves Me Not Rosé and I cannot push hard enough to put this in the box now that like you have warm weather in your life because I have ordered this multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. This is the summer jam. This is the cool for the summer of wine. Mm -hmm. Um, it is medium in body, slightly sweet. It's pretty fruit forward, but it's really nicely balanced by like some earthiness. It's 12.5% ABV. So for a rosé or a white, that's kind of like right in the sweet spot. If it got higher than that, it would be a little too like syrupy. Um, but this has a nice, like fruity, acidic balance. You get tasty notes of guava, mandarin, orange. They literally, mm. uh, list peach ring, you know, those like gummy <gasps> sour peach rings. Peach O's. Yes. Yeah, honey. Oh, that. Yeah. Sa- oh, damn. I really want them right now. It's so uh, good. This comes out of the central coast of California and the primary varietal is Mal- Malvasia 
which is a wine that used to be like pretty historic to Italy, but it now is grown in most viticultural regions and you can definitely find it in California. And this wine is definitely a reflection of what this grape does. Um, it's often described as having like a heavy round body and a soft texture in the mouth, which is really nice. And then you are getting a lot of those classic tasting notes of this grape with peaches, apricots, white currant. This is don't like even really, a really know nice... what that is, but I like the sound of it. It's nice. It's like a really nice, complex, kind of mildly acidic, fruity wine that's going to finish nice and dry and not be a sugar bomb, which mm -hmm. is so ideal for summer. Mm -hmm. And this is a cracker, so you could take it on a picnic without having to like tote around a wine key. But if you really mm -hmm. want a wine key, you could go to wine and crime pod, uh, com forward slash doc. Big cartel. You totally fucked that. I, I totally <laughs> fucked it up. podcast.bigcartel.com to get a nice pop wine key, but you don't need one for this because it's a crack. So let's get crack a lacking mm -hmm. <laughs> on this wine. I'm the worst. <laughs> it's the. Are crackin'. we ready to? Are we ready to crack? Are you ready to get yeah. cracked up? Oh my! You are cracked. Yeah. Am I cracked? Yeah. That's accurate. <laughs> That's crack. You're it. <laughs> oh my god. Let's do this. I'm ready. Go. Okay. Oh. Ooh. Sharp it's all in the wrist. Hey, yeah. Yes. I was watching an episode of Dr. Pimple Popper yesterday no. where this yes. girl had a lipoma removed from the top of her butt crack, and I can't stop thinking about it. I thought you didn't like that shit. I don't <laughs> like the YouTube videos, but I prefer the TLC show where it's like a little more subdued and it's not just like endless rounds of pus. And there's some backstory. I get to know these people. <laughs> I care about their lipoma. You want to be seduced. I don't like I any do. Of it. I want to be seduced. Thank you. All right. Kenyon gets me. Let's drink some <laughs> wine because now I'm just itching to watch some pimple popping <laughs> videos. Yeah, she is. So, Lucy, what is our background in psych for obsessive fan murders? Lots Seriously. of psych. We haven't dipped our toes into the psych pond in a while. So it's I'm ready. Mm -hmm. But first... A small bit of et etymology, not entomology. <laughs> the word fan is derived from Latin fanaticus, which means mm. insanely but divinely inspired. So okay. it's like little off your rocker, but it's divine. But, so it doesn't necessarily it. carry negative connotations. Okay. An obsessed fan is a term, however exaggerated, that we use to describe a person who might have celebrity worship syndrome, or CWS. Oh have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. No. Nope. Okay, well, my entire psychology and background is about this. <laughs> Great. Okay, good. We're going to be awesome. learning. Um, CW, or, yeah, celebrity worship syndrome is an obsessive addictive disorder where an individual becomes overly involved and interested in the details of the personal life of a celebrity. Any I have had this uh, acutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. Prince William. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Prince oh, William. You're going way back. Okay. Okay. You had a thing Shots for fired. Prince Wills. 
Yeah, I did. (laughs) And then you projected Prince William onto like three different boys that we went to high school Mm -hmm. with. It was like I only wanted to date people with his astrological sign, which I can't remember now. (laughs) Yes. And his red hair. No, No, that's Harry. Just kidding. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. The blonde one with ruddy cheeks and broad shoulders. Get Mm -hmm. it. But now he's bald. He went downhill fast. I mean, he can still plunder my jewels. Nothing lasts. Everything is dust. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Lucy's in a in a way today. (laughs) I'm ready to start drinking, people. (laughs) Get it. All right. Any person considered exists considered to be existing in the public eye so that could be politicians actors authors pop singers journalists anyone anyone podcasters operating in the public eye yeah podcasters could potentially fall into this celebrity category as we are referring to in celebrity worship syndrome Mm-hmm. But research shows that they are more likely to be someone from television, movies, and or pop music. So it's not likely that it's an author be us. or a podcaster. So the fact that I had a photo ripped from a magazine of Alan Greenspan on my closet oh, doors you really is did. unusual. Some things are better left not discussed <laughs> or disclosed. The inside of your closet doors were... <laughs> Wild. Manic. Really manic. manic. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, I remember your mom got mad once. She saw the inside of your closet doors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, purge it. Express Ugh. yourself. Take it down. Alan can stay. <laughs> Not all Alans. Mm. <laughs> okay. So CWS affects approximately 1% of the general population. All of this said, and I want to say this at the top, near the top, the DSM-4 doesn't currently recognize celebrity worship syndrome, but there is much research being done on the phenomenon, so it's possible that it will be included in the future. But for now, there is no definite axis psychiatric diagnosis or diagnoses. So all of the information I'm about to read you is from studies and from widely accepted terms and definitions in those studies. So it's not totes a fish yet, but maybe on its way. It's not soups a fish yet, but like with all of these studies and with the findings from these studies, like it, it's not, not real. Right. right. Yeah. It's just not in the. It's DSM. like how gravity is still a theory. <laughs> like okay. Okay. <laughs> kind of like that. totally. All right. It's still real. <laughs> so this. Well, I can tell you, gravity is real because I dropped my phone onto my face last night while I was laying in bed. So <laughs> been there. Gravity's not been real. So I don't know. I don't even know. Should have been using my wine and crime pop socket. Should have mm-hmm. been. Okay. Shoulda, woulda, so this is from an article from the National Institute of Health. CWS is tied to a number of psychosocial characteristics, and researchers often use what is termed the celebrity attitudes scale to, to, to determine those links in individuals. And I will tell you about this scale in a moment. But first, it's important to note that this phenomenon occurs along a spectrum, as so many psychological Mm -hmm. afflictions do. So at the lighter end, a celebrity worshiper is essentially a passionate fan, you know, Mm -hmm. 
a, a, a 13 year old girl who loves One Direction. Is One Direction oh still God. around? Listen, no idea. They, they had a little reunion. No, that was the Jonas Brothers. Never mind. I'm done. I'm Don't canceled. Know. Are they yep. different? We're too, Whatever. We're too yes. old. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they're different. I know more about K-pop than I do about One Direction. You do. <laughs> okay, so at one end, you know, harmless One Direction screaming fan. At the other end, a person is on the edge of the psychopathological. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. is where the obsession is abnormal and unhealthy. So, mm. And that's a blurry line. It is. It's a spectrum. There's no line. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. So here are some sample sentences that indicate how severe a person's CWS might be along with um, a description of the three sort of main categories of your level of CWS. So mm-hmm. we start with a low level, and that's called entertainment social and that is defined as a person ap- appreciates a celebrity because of their ability to entertain. So some sample Beyonce's questions. Beyonce's Homecoming. Oh, <laughs> my I haven't God. seen it yet. Everybody quiet. Okay. It's, We're pausing this recording so you yeah, can take not. two hours and go I'm going to re-watch it. <laughs> it tonight. I watched it yesterday in full, and now I'm going to re-watch it when we're done recording. I've only cool. seen the first half, and I have burst into tears twice. Mm-hmm. Burst mm-hmm. Maybe we're already tears. on to moderate. Let's go back to low level. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We're having a strong emotional reaction to be on one of Beyonce's live performances. okay so some sample questions from that uh scale could be if you if you said yes to the following my friends and i like to discuss what my favorite celebrity has done hello Mm -hmm. homecoming Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i enjoy watching my favorite celebrity and learning Mm -hmm. the life story of my favorite celebrity is a lot of fun so those Mm -hmm. are relatively jay-z actually cheated on her Oh my God! I really think it was a publicity stunt because he, I do too. Who would cheat on Beyonce? I mean, right? men are garbage. Like, really, you doubt that he would do that? Beyonce's just. I too, doubt that she would stay good. with him if he had done it. She's That's what also makes a me businesswoman, though, and I have a lot of respect for people who are like, "I'll work through this shit, and this is beneficial for me and my family." Mm-hmm. So she got a fucking killer album out of it. So. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm, I don't Do know. I want to know what Solange was upset about in that elevator. Yeah, we'll never know. We'll never probably know. her lack of career. Oh wow. <laughs> shit! <laughs> Yikes! Girl. I feel like the elevator video kind of sparked her career, though, right? Too. Okay, Revived. we're moving on. We're okay. moving on. So that's, Are we? That's low level. Uh, I think Beyonce will be a consistent thread throughout this entire episode, so no, we're not. I'm ready. Um, okay, so moderate level CWS um, is, def- is called intense personal. A person may feel a special bond with a celebrity or believe that their life is affected by whatever happens to their favorite celebrity. It is. There's a good okay. amount of <laughs> fantasy proneness at this level. We've talked about fantasy proneness, but I will get into that at the high level. So uh-huh. some um, questions. If you say yes to these, you might be a moderate, moderately 
CWS affected. I consider Uh my favorite celebrity to be my soulmate. I have a special bond with my celebrity, and I have frequent thoughts about my celebrity even when I don't want to. When I was in the depths of a depressive episode and read all of the Outlander books and then the Outlander TV show <laughs> launched, <laughs> I was definitely in yeah. this category that for was like your a celebrity. solid three months. Yeah. Yeah. Get yeah. it. And notice that we go in low level. Um, the language says like my favorite celebrity, but then when we get to moderate, it's my celebrity. Mm. Oh, interesting. So it's a little, uh, maybe a certain amount of possessiveness. Mm, oh. Yep. Okay. Okay. So moving on to high level celebrity worship syndrome. Is it syndrome? Yeah. Sure. Yep. Border. Is, okay. So that one is called borderline pathological, which, you know. Hi. It's getting intense. <laughs> a person Welcome. may experience uncontrollable behaviors and fantasies regarding their favorite celebrity. They feel angry and frustrated if the star does not respond to messages or calls. Hi, Stan. Uh-huh. Remember that Eminem yeah. song? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But where the Stan thing comes from. Mm-hmm. Also, I just want to point out, I never reached out. Okay. <laughs> so you're not even moderate. You kept it all inside. Corey sent a care package to Post Malone like five months ago. I love that. (laughs) Including a $5 bill to go buy himself a 40 of Budweiser. Aww. That's really cute. He did all this research and he's like, according to the website, it takes about at least three months to get a response. So every time I like get a package in the mail now, which happens frequently, he's like, is it from Post? (laughs) It's in the post, but no. Incredible. <laughs> it's Your from the celebrity post. post. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So this degree is related to fantasy proneness, disassociation, and absorption, which we talked a little bit about in the alien abductions episode. Mm. Do we all remember? Sure. In the study linking celebrity worship syndrome to these things, they found that disassociation was related to establishing contact with a celebrity, i.e. attempting to contact a favorite celebrity through telephone calls, letters and emails, or care packages, largely Mm -hmm. based upon fantasy and inaccurate beliefs, whereas absorption was related to having sexual thoughts and feelings toward a celebrity, as well as stalking them. Okay. So that line starting to get crossed. There are some distinctions made also between like a sexual obsession and just like mm-hmm. a straight up we're soulmates. I love you, which I or will also we're get into. best friends. They just don't know it yet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. here are some sentences that would indicate that you are you're at the high level, which is borderline pathological. If someone gave me several thousand dollars, I would consider spending it on a personal possession like a tampon or a paper plate once used by my favorite celebrity. A paper plate? That's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. I actually think the the survey said a used uh, feminine hygiene pad or something like that. Menstrual product. Yeah. Oh, my God. Here's another sentence. If I were lucky enough to meet my favorite celebrity and they asked me to do something illegal as a favor, I would probably do it. 
Well, what are we talking about here? Get them some weed or like kill someone because there's a big difference. I would obviously murder someone. (laughs) Go steal Madonna's tampon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's CWS by proxy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Your celebrity has high level CWS for another celebrity. Incredible. Um, a third example of a sentence for this high level would be, I would be very upset if my favorite celebrity got married. Mm. So again, okay. this possessiveness. So using questions like these, researchers have found that celebrity worshippers are more likely to be foolish, persistent, irresponsible, submissive, and dishonest. A few other categories that can further describe a person with CWS in terms of specifically stalking There's three categories that that people could fall into. And again, this is also a spectrum because there's a specific example where a person was diagnosed with sort of two of these. So the first one is simple obsessional. Simple obsessional stalking constitutes a majority of all stalking cases anywhere from 69 to 79% and is dominated by males. 69, Mm -hmm. nice. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> Amanda's nice. gonna start selling her used tampons. <laughs> I mean, hey, there's probably a market. <laughs> if there were a market, I would fucking deliver. Oh Jesus, that is At me. so fucking gross. Okay, <laughs> this form of stalking is generally associated with individuals who have shared previous personal relationships with their victims, so they do know them on some level. Like However, Selena's manager lady. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. However, this is not necessarily the case between a common member of the public exhibiting celebrity worship syndrome and the famous person with whom they are obsessed. So not necessarily. Also, individuals that meet the criteria of being labeled as a simple obsessive stalker tend to share a set of characteristics, including an inability to have successful per- personal relationships in their own lives, social awkwardness, Feelings of powerlessness, a sense of insecurity, and very low self-esteem. So that form doesn't necessarily include violence. Okay. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, The second category is love obsessional. These are individuals who demonstrate... Um, or sorry, individuals who demonstrate this sort of stalking behavior develop a love obsession with somebody who they have had no... They have no personal relation to. Okay. okay. Well, you can't say what kind of relationship I have had with Chad Michael Murray, so I don't <laughs> want to fucking hear it. <laughs> That's your okay. Listen, Chad Michael Murray. There was a time <laughs> in my life, okay, when the Not Cinderella currently. movie with him and Hilary Duff gave me a lot of feelings. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, <hey. laughs> I, I feel a lot better now. I was yeah, really okay. hooked on Devin Sawa. <laughs> oh, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. He was a good <laughs> one. I follow him on Twitter. He's very active on Twitter. Mm. <laughs> okay. Love obsessional stalking accounts for roughly 20 to 25% of all stalking cases, so less common. The people that demonstrate this form of stalking behavior are likely to suffer from a mental disorder, commonly either schizophrenia or paranoia. Individuals Mm. that are love obsessional stalkers often convince themselves that they are, in fact, in a relationship with the subject of their obsession. For example, a woman named Margaret Mary Ray, who had been stalking David Letterman for a total of five years, claimed to be his wife when she had no personal connection to him. So they see like signs and random things like they watch the show and, you know, 
David Letterman's like telling a joke about like mailboxes and they're like, <gasps> he got my letter in the mailbox. He's telling me blah, blah, blah. Actually, blah. that is the next category. Oh, okay. So, okay. So it said, I actually did a little bit of research on this specific person because she, it just seems so categorically like the, in these categories. So, um, Margaret Mary Ray had stolen David Letterman's, I believe it was a Porsche, and was driving down the highway, and she got stopped at a toll, and she didn't have any Mm -hmm. money to pay the toll, and she said, well, don't worry about it. I'm David Letterman's wife. So (laughs) the cops were called, and she was, you know, Mm -hmm. apprehended. Um, She was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and she was also diagnosed with this next category, so I think she kind of fell somewhere in the middle. But the next category is um, erotomanic or like erotomania. Okay. This refers to stalkers who genuinely believe that their victim is in love with them. The, oh. the victims in these, case, in these cases are almost always well known within their community or within the media, meaning that they can range from being small town celebrities, so like the local weatherman or something, um, mm. Or famous Don Shelby. Don Shelby. <laughs> Fuck Don Shelby. I He's really liked with him. Me. <laughs> oh my God, what if he really was obsessed with you? That's why he bought your That's house. That's why, right? <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. It's adding up. He's sending me messages. How many there times did he tap his paper? Moving in. <laughs> um, or famous personalities from Hollywood. So that that's a, a wider range. Comprising uh, less than 10% of all stalking cases, erotomanic stalkers are the least common. Unlike simple Mm. obsessional stalkers, a majority of the individuals in this category of stalking are women. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. Similar to love obsessional stalkers, the behavior of erotomanic stalkers may be a result of an underlying psychological disorder such as schizophrenia, bipolar, or major depression. Individuals who suffer from erotomania tend to believe that the celebrity with whom they are obsessed with is utilizing the media as a way to communicate with them Mm -hmm. by sending special messages or signals. Although these stalkers have unrealistic beliefs, they are less likely to seek any form of face-to-face interaction with their celebrity obsession, therefore posing less of a threat to them. So they are on, like, the more bonkers end of the spectrum, but... But they're not going to lash out, most likely. Most likely they're not going to lash out. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So back to the National Institute of Health article, which was just a wealth of information on the subject. Young adolescents, so that's uh, people aged 14 to 16-ish, in particular may harbor concerns about body image, but they also found that this dissipates as the subject gets older. So a lot of the... And then it curves back upwards at around 29. Well, (laughs) as related to being obsessed with a specific celebrity. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, it definitely spikes in your early 30s, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, others might be more likely to get plastic surgery. 
This kind of caught me off guard because it was sort of oddly linked to like, to like a like psychological them? disorder. No, just to your dissatisfaction with your own appearance. Oh, okay. Research shows that those analyzed to be at the moderate level of celebrity worship, so that is the intense personal level, were the most likely group to undergo cosmetic surgery, and those surgeries most commonly were Botox, fillers, and boob augs, which is short for breast augmentation. I like boobogs. <laughs> just to, like, try to be on the same level as the celebrities? No, like, it's it's just about self-image. It's not necessarily wanting to look like that celebrity, but it's being preoccupied with this notion looks. of, like, a, a perfect aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like David Letterman has. Exactly. Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, Exactly. Perfect. People with varying degrees of CWS are found to have a personality style characterized by sensation-seeking, cognitive rigidity, identity diffusion, and poor interpersonal boundaries. Which Okay, I feel personally attacked. <laughs> poor interpersonal boundaries. She said sensation-seeking, not attention-seeking. Oh, here. got it, got it, got it. Okay, I'm fine then, I'm fine. <laughs> Thank you for making that distinction. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise, celebrity worshipers may exhibit narcissistic features, disassociation, addictive tendencies, criminality, stalking behaviors, and compulsive buying. So that also sort of ties back to. Now I feel personally attacked. (laughs) Yeah. Now you should. You did need that pig skull. You do need a top hat. (laughs) I didn't buy that pig skull. That was gifted to me. But yes, I did need it. Oh my God! Did you Comes say pig? A lot of, yeah, oink oink, little oh, piggy. Oh, that's right. Oh, that looks so good in your house, though. It really does. I support does. that kind of buying, but the compulsive buying just sort of ties back to this materialism and this um, obsession with, you know, how you are present yourself to the world. Mm-hmm. So. There's that. Studies also indicate that individuals with high levels of celebrity worship are are more likely to have poorer mental health as well as clinical symptoms of depression, anxiety, somatic symptoms, and social dysfunction, and also lower levels of life satisfaction and positive affect, and also have just poorer physical health, not always psychological, like, mental health. Yeah. So... They're Been just there. not doing too yeah. great. This is kind of an interesting tie-in. Um, one of the things that I found in my research is that researchers examined the relationship between celebrity worship and religiosity, so like how religious a person is, and found that the more religious a person is, the tendency to worship celebrities decreases. Oh. They already are worshiping, already... worshiping something else. Yeah. Yeah, but then I kind of was looking at Mark David Chapman, um, who was the man who assassinated John Lennon. Uh-huh. And he, oh, yeah. he was, according to him and, like, the FBI, he was upset with John Lennon because he thought that John Lennon didn't believe in God. Yeah. So. That kind of yeah, goes the against exception this that proves theory, the rule. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, again, this is all, none of these are neat little categories, but I just thought that was interesting. Um, Many people today follow celebrities and care to a certain degree about what they're doing. Uh, Beyonce, hi, Lisa Vanderpump, literally any real housewife, Jason Mm -hmm. Momoa, Jonathan Van Ness, et cetera. (laughs) 
Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah. Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And that's totally fine and healthy as long as it's for casual, fun, entertainment purposes, you know, weeping to homecoming on Netflix when you're home alone, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if right. you notice Not that you're a natural anyone. expression of emotion. Yeah. Exactly. But if you notice that your emotions become involved in a negative way, if you're becoming angry, depressed, anxious, impulsive, or antisocial because of something related to, quote unquote, your celebrity. It's a good idea to get some professional help to find ways of overcoming those feelings. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I'm glad that I checked myself before I wrecked myself. <laughs> <laughs> Prince William. <laughs> you would have gone after Kate Middleton by now. <laughs> yeah, you are on a list. Yeah, I like her. So it's fine. She's amazing. What yeah. is this pretend rivalry between her and what's her name? It's Megan. dumb. It's not real. People are it's dumb. It's def not real. All but right. I do love the episode of The Office when Andy is like approving people's Halloween costumes and Meredith wants to be Kate Middleton. <laughs> <laughs> and she shows the video of her at the royal wedding screaming. <laughs> Kate Middleton, you're the people's princess. <laughs> Diana was nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, no. It's so intense. Was I love it, it approved? so much. It, it was approved. <laughs> <laughs> I thought oh you said God. you were at your sister's funeral that weekend. <laughs> I said my sister's funeral was that weekend. <laughs> Not that I was going. <laughs> Everything relates to the office. Oh my god. On that note, including our sponsors. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton, tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. Gotta love those wipes. The FDA does not require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their menstrual care products, so most of them don't, which is alarming. Bonkers. Yeah. Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. God bless them. I love that. I also love Lola because it makes your month a little bit easier. Their subscription is fully customizable, so you can choose your mix of products, your mix of absorbency, your number of boxes, your frequency of delivery. Lola's subscription is super flexible, just like literally my period. I have the next one on arm implant, so I don't have a like, I do not have a rigid, it's going to show up on this day, yeah, it's going to leave on this day. Situation. Yeah. So some months it's Mount Vesuvius and other months it's just a dripping faucet. So I have a total <laughs> mixed bag in my at my disposal and I just have it delivered every once in a while when I run out. It's absolutely perfect. And you can change, skip or cancel your subscription at any time. Uh, you can also do good with your purchase. So for every purchase, Lola donates menstrual care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. I love, I love that. It. It's so great. Like, put your money where your mouth is. I love it so much. So, for 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter the promo code GALS40, G A L S 40, when you subscribe. Again, for 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com, M Y L O L A.com, and enter the promo code GALS40 when you subscribe. Treat your month. Mm, Treat your cycle. Folks, hear me out. You probably spend about 90% of your life in underwear if you're not Amanda. 
So <laughs> why are underwear brands all about how high can this thong go up my butt? Or Right? It's not a contest. <laughs> or about how my boobs need to be suffocating me. Yes. The good thing is there is an underwear brand out there for us that just focuses on being super comfortable, and it is Me Undies. Mm-hmm. Me Undies is like an alien underwear brand because their Seriously. fabric is so soft. It's otherworldly. Mm-hmm. It's out of this world. Mm-hmm. Me Undies uses the coveted, galactically coveted <laughs> micro modal fabric. <laughs> Which is three times softer than cotton, softer than anything you could find on Mars, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) This fabric genuinely feels like actual heaven against your skin. That is not a lie. And they come in super cute prints. For real. But why stop at undies? Don't you want to just be covered in this fabric all the <laughs> yes. time? I do. Mm-hmm. I could personally say I do. They sell onesies now, so you literally can be. Yes. They do. And they offer lounge pants, of which I have two pairs, yes. and I wear them basically every night. Mm-hmm. They are so soft, and they are great. I, I got them in the winter, but they actually translate really well to warm weather. You're not like sweating balls in them all night. It's awesome. Yeah. They also make bralettes. They make onesies, like Lucy said. Yeah, it's incredible. It's all incredible. Peruse their website. They have so much to offer. And MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners for any first-time purchasers. When you purchase MeUndies, you get 15% off and free shipping. Again, that's 15% off a pair of the most comfortable undies you will ever put on. And here is how you do it. To get your 15% off your first pair and the free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com forward slash gals. Again, that's MeUndies.com forward slash gals. Treat yo entire bod. Treat yo bum. All right. How prepared Uh, should I be? I feel like this case is going to bring up a lot of feelings, especially for like goth punk Amanda. (gasps) Oh, great. I know exactly what case you're covering. Yep. What did Avril Um, do now? Avril didn't do anything. (laughs) Um, Although Avril, I think, has had some celeb stalkers. Oh, I'm sure. Well, there's all those rumors that she, like, has a body double. Or she, like, died 10 years ago. She died and somebody's impersonating her, yeah. Yeah, we don't have time to get into, to have a second Avril episode, at least not (laughs) today. we don't? (laughs) Did we just do an Avril episode? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Daryl Abbott was born on August 20th, 1966 in Ennis, Texas. Daryl had an older brother, Vinnie Paul, and their father was a country music songwriter and record producer. So music runs in the family. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. pronounced Enos. It's Enos. Enos. Enos will come up later in this yes. case. Um, no. It's not a full episode if we don't talk about buttholes. Right. Oh, my Lord. So the boys' parents divorced, but the family was happy, and the brothers were absolutely inseparable. Um, Vinny played drums uh, while Daryl picked up the guitar at age 12, and their parents both encouraged the brothers' musical inclinations. And there's this really cute story about how 
their dad, Jerry, would learn songs that Daryl liked on the guitar, like kiss songs and stuff. And then he, so he would learn them himself so that he could help teach them to Daryl while Daryl was learning to play guitar. I love that. It's so cute. So Daryl was, okay, apparently that affected me more than it affected either of you. Never mind. Um, I was affected. <laughs> Daryl was I'm a affected. quick study. And at age 14, he entered a guitar playing competition, which he won. Uh, and he was one of the younger competitors. Um, and then he went on to win so many guitar competitions in the area that he was eventually asked to stop competing to give oh. others a chance to win. And then he became a judge instead at the mm. competitions. That happens to me quite a quite a lot. Right. <laughs> Will at you please withdraw? You're too talented. <laughs> cat petting competition. <laughs> You're too good. Nobody else stands a chance. Right. That's why I got kicked out of the Animal Rescue <laughs> League. <laughs> oh my god. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> So in 1981, Vinny, the older brother, started a band with a few friends from high school, but he insisted that his younger brother, Daryl, be allowed to join too. And the other band members were kind of like, really, your younger brother? Like, okay. But they acquiesced and voila, Pantera was born. Panera. Panera. Don't even. Nope. No, respect Pantera. Respect Didn't you have pants it. with like the Pantera logo drawn in Sharpie on them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I sure did. Yep. Did you I even wish listen to Pantera? Yes. Okay. Get out. Name a song. Get out. Oh, my God. I fucking hate you assholes so much. <laughs> Fortunately, I have the internet to just prove it. Yeah. Sure, I'll okay. name a song. <laughs> click, 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 click. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are such dicks. <laughs> All right. They began touring around Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana and garnered a dedicated underground following. And they became buddies at this time with bands like Striper and Quiet Riot. How, the, what was the age difference between the brothers? Two years. Oh, okay. Because if it was like 10 years, yeah, I'd be kind of pissed about that, too. No, what's uh, Daryl began like in the band when he was 16. Okay. Like, so they weren't was, inviting a six-year-old into the band. No, no, no. He was already like this like champion guitar player. So it made sense that Vinny was like, all right, but I want my brother as the guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, they he was very talented. So... This, quote, glam metal band, and side note, glam metal is the real name of the genre, but it's sometimes pejoratively referred to as hair metal, but Mm -hmm. real metal fans know that that is denigration. Real kiss fans. I call it glettle. (laughs) Glettle fans. Mm -hmm. Or glettle. Hedel and Gledel sounds like a German German siblings. <laughs> <laughs> Who get eaten by a witch inside of a giant <laughs> gingerbread house. Absolutely. Shaped like a guitar. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so this glam metal Perfection. band released their debut album, Metal Magic, in 1983. Practical it was magic. Sensual- 
<laughs> Practical magic. Oh my God, what it, <laughs> if it was? It was essentially self-produced by their own record label, which was headed up by their dad. Um, and at some All point- in the family. During this period, Daryl began going by the nickname Diamond Daryl. Mm-hmm. I used to work at a Diamond Dave's. There you go. Worked there for two weeks. Made four dollars. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> That's Your dedication met Corey. to Diamond Dave's. You met Corey at Diamond Dave. Yeah. I kind of knew him before, but that's where we started hanging out because there were zero customers and I had jack shit to do. That's all. Okay. So it's like a Tex-Mex place. And so they have this big machine where they dump all the refried beans and that just keeps them stirred until you need them. Yes. It's like a slushy machine for beans. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I need it. And then (laughs) one day I came in and there was a little handwritten sign on the machine that said, uh, keep an eye out for shards of green plastic. Keep it sexy. <laughs> like somebody oh dumped my the God. bean container into this machine and the plastic broke. Oh and they no. just didn't. They're just like, well, fish it out didn't if you see it. it. Oh, wow. <laughs> or serve it to customers. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. So easy to see through beans. <laughs> yeah. Good. Okay. All right. Back to this horrible murder. So through the mid eighties, they released several more albums and their sound steadily became more on the heavy, heavy metal side. So away from Glamettal, they started taking inspiration (laughs) from acts like Metallica, Slayer and Megadeth. Um, And actually at one point, Megadeth tried to recruit Daryl but he would only agree to join them if they also offered a spot in the band to Vinny. And Vinny's the the younger one, right? Yeah. No, Vinny's the older one. So now the tables have turned and he's repaying the favor. But Vinny's Vinny's a drummer. Megadeth already had a drummer. Right. So it wasn't meant to be. So Daryl did not join Megadeth. Nah. So, but they kept going with Pantera. And they're getting more heavy metal, and they give up the glam side of things. So they, quote, abandoned the spandex (laughs) for (laughs) jeans and a (laughs) T-shirt. It's probably a wise move. (laughs) Yeah. In 1989, some record label reps were stranded in Texas during Hurricane Hugo, and Pantera got a chance to perform for them while they were stuck in town. And the reps were impressed, and Pantera was finally signed to a major record label. Which their father headed up. (laughs) No, not their father. For (laughs) the first time, not their father's record label. Uh, With their next album, Cowboys from Hell. Yes. (laughs) Amanda's favorite album. Pantera started to develop a sound all their own. Quote, a mid-tempo thrash metal dubbed power groove or groove metal. Into it. Gretel. 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 Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Um... In 1991, they opened for Judas Priest on tour in Europe and then again alongside ACDC and Metallica for the Monsters in Moscow show, which was the show that was put on in the Soviet Union like right before it officially collapsed. Ooh. So obviously they're responsible for the downfall of the Soviet Union. Thank you, Pantera. (laughs) 
Uh, Way to go. <laughs> True patriots. You're so sensitive over there. Cowboys from hell, man. Um, so the following year, they replaced their, quote, power metal falsetto vocals with hardcore-influenced shouted delivery and yes. heavier guitar sound. So they're just getting more and more yelly. Mm-hmm. 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 It's not my thing, but whatever. But but for those of whom it is the thing, they were quite good. Also, for that time period, that was like the... I mean, they're about to make a lot of money from all of this, so... Right. Mm. So the latest album was a hit, reaching number 44 on the American music charts. And after headlining a new tour with Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath, Daryl dropped the diamond part of his name and adopted a new nickname, Dimebag Daryl. There it is. Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. So, in 1995, the original album artwork for their upcoming record release was banned in a few countries. Um, And in fairness, it was an image of a drill bit impaling an anus. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Was it attached to a drill? Was it on? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was probably like a cartoon or some sort of photoshop esque I'm just thing, what, I'm but. just establishing what that uh, art was <laughs> trying to mm-hmm. convey. No yeah. problem putting a drill bit in your butthole if that's what you're into, but if it's on and it, there's no consent then yeah, yikes. Right. Right. Well, this was their artwork, uh, but they eventually had to change it and so they changed it to a drill bit impaling a skull, which was fine. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Not an issue. Leave my asshole alone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, but that same year, the band was dealing with some other serious issues, which probably felt like a drill bit in the anus. Um, <laughs> Pant- <laughs> Pantera's lead singer, <laughs> Phil Anselmo, had developed a heroin habit, which he said he was using in order to treat his chronic back pain. Opioid epidemic. Um, yes. Early, he was a trendsetter, um, and Selmo also like he just kept getting in trouble. He like got an assault charge in an incident where he like shoved a security guy, which is just a terrible idea. Yeah, like don't assault what? someone who's like de- by definition the law. Security for the band, like what the fuck, yeah. man. Um, his erratic behavior began to worry his bandmates, and at one point he made a racist comment about rap music and then had to publicly oh, no. apologize. So He's the out. lead singer is, like, fucking shit up. Mm-hmm. He sticks around for several more years, but there's a big rift between Daryl Dimebag and Vinny and then this lead singer, Phil. Right. Um and eventually he leaves the band. So by 2003, Pantera is over. Yeah. And the breakup was messy. At one point, Anselmo said in an interview, quote, Dimebag deserves to be beaten severely. Oh, chill Ooh. out, Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> Heroin Elmo. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> it's basically his last name. <laughs> Ass Elmo. 
anus heroin Elmo. Oh no. Do you, you have a picture try? of this drill bit in the butt? I, I don't. Okay. Googling it we right should now. find that. Yeah. Drill um, bit he... impaling anus. Oh, Pantera. Pantera. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he later tried to claim he'd been misquoted, but the journalist had an audio recording of the interview and was like, nah, dude, you weren't misquoted. Fuck you. Um, hmm. So that's pretty great. Did you find it? No, I only found the skull. I don't want to see it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't like released, so you might not be able to find it. Well, yeah, there should be some public like record of it, though, if like several countries banned it. But they might have banned it before they released it. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. We're getting to the bad part. So after Pantera's breakup, Dimebag Daryl and his brother Vinny started a new band, Damage Plan. Yes. Damage Plan's first album sold over 44,000 copies in its first week and was a commercial success. Hell yeah, Damage Plan. <laughs> Damage Plan. That sounds like a neighborhood in Stockholm. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Damage Plan Peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Sankt Eric's plan. <laughs> okay. So you guys are the worst. On December eighth, two thousand four, Damaja Plan was performing in Columbus, Ohio. Um, they were just a few bars into their first song of their of their set when a twenty five year old quote fan walked on stage with a 9-millimeter Beretta handgun and made a beeline for Dimebag. No, no. Dimebag! Daryl was in the midst of headbanging, and he did not see the deranged fan enter the stage, so he was completely blindsided. Oh, my God. Nathan Gale shot Dimebag Daryl in the forehead. He was killed instantly uh, while on stage. Jesus. Can you even fucking imagine how horrific that would be to witness? Uh, no. It was I, a small show. There were about 250 people there in I this feel like, like I small would be, club. I would be taken so off guard that I wouldn't understand. You know, you see stuff sometimes and your brain just can't even piece it together in the moment. Ugh, yeah. Well, so I have scary. it. Um, I have it written later on that um, a security guard reported that the crowd initially thought it was all part of the show. Yeah. yeah quote, I think I, I would. Yeah. Quote, I thought they were playing a big gimmick. People were pumping their fists thinking it was a hoax. The bartender oh kept pouring drinks. Oh, my God. They had no idea. No. They thought it was like a crazy metal show. Oh, wow. It's not like if, you know, I don't even know. Well, and a lot of times I feel like if there's a shooting, you would think in your head that those closest to the shooter and the victim would, like, scatter. And if you don't see that sort of response necessarily, like, it would also still be hard to figure out what happened. Well, it, it all happened very quickly. And, yeah, people just initially did not know what was going on. So he kills Dimebag Daryl as he's headbanging on stage. And then Gail started shooting into the crowd. And that's oh when people God. realized. Um, and he killed 20, a 23-year-old fan named Nathan Bray. 
29-year-old club employee, Eric Hulk, and a longtime security manager that worked with um, Dimebag and Vinny for a long time, Jeff Mayhem Thompson. Um, and what was the he, club employee's name? Eric Hulk. Eric or Aaron? Aaron, sorry. That might be a typo. Sorry. Um, and uh, Jeff Mayhem Thompson. And the Mayhem attempted to or did tackle the shooter. And then he was shot in like the ensuing struggle after he tackled him. Oh, my God. Jesus. Uh, Gail also wounded a roadie for another band who was a burly ex-soldier who also rushed the stage and attempted to disarm him. And he was wounded. He was shot in the arm or the stomach, um, but survived. So fucking, so fucked up. Um, So sad and unnecessary. Gail then took a random fan in the crowd hostage, holding a gun to the man's temple and attempting to back out of the club. Oh, great. With him as like a human shield, kind of. Gross. Just then, police officer... Oh, this man's name is so unfortunate. Okay, this is his actual name. And he is a hero, just saying. But this is his name. Police officer James Niggemeyer... Oof. Ooh. Ouch. Okay. Get it changed. <laughs> James like, really? N. James yeah. N. Here we go. Officer James N. Responded to, responding to the 911 call that had come in less than three minutes earlier. So he got there fast. Yeah. Um, emerged from backstage bearing a 12-gauge shotgun. He quickly assessed the situation and saw that he had a clean shot at Gale, even though that he was holding this man hostage and went for it, fired once, instantly killed Gale, and the hostage was unharmed. With a shotgun. I was just going to say a shotgun is hard to be that precise with. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts, right? Hero James. Mm Mm-hmm. James, we will pitch in to get your name changed. Um, Yeah, go to the Social Security (laughs) office, my friend. So Gail, the shooter, had 35 rounds of ammunition left when he was taken out by the officer. So he could have kept shooting into the crowd conceivably for a long time. Another, oh, I already said that part. Um, But once the horrific reality of the situation sunk in... One fan, Mindy Reese, rushed forward to help. She said, fuck this, I'm a nurse. And she tried in vain to save Dimebag's life until the paramedics arrived on the scene and then they pronounced him dead. Oh. Yeah. Also a hero. So brave. I know Mindy is a hero because a lot of people fled because obvious. I mean, you should. I would have fled. No one would begrudge anyone for running from gunshots. Right, exactly. But she... um, she ran towards towards the victims. It's amazing. There are special people out there mm-hmm. who put Later their that, lives on the line for that shit. Yep. Later that, I mean, several people, so two different people rushed the shooter. One was killed for doing it and one was wounded. She rushed towards the stage to help uh, Dimebag. And then mm-hmm. this police officer, like, actually killed the suspect. So lots of heroes. Amazing. Yeah. 
Later that night, when Vinny got back onto the tour bus, he climbed into his only brother's bunk and wept. Oh, oh my God. I can't so even. so sad. They were, like, totally inseparable mm-hmm. on tour together, like, their whole adult lives, just... Uh, yeah. So it's not entirely clear what Gail's motives were, but it's believed that he was upset about Pantera's oh, breakup. Mm. That I was know what'll fix it. Mm-hmm. And he specifically blamed Dimebag Daryl for the split, likely due to heroin Elmo's that, public yeah, comments. I was just gonna say shit mm-hmm. that he was firing off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that Inciting is Inciting a riot worth murdering several people yeah cool um gail was described as a quote stocky former marine he stood six foot three and weighed over 250 pounds he'd spent about 18 months in the marine corps and then left for mental health reasons um that's that's always good well shouldn't at least he left no i know right yeah yeah, exactly. He left. He thought he might have um, had bipolar disorder. Um, but then, like, less than a month before this shooting, he'd been diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And he would laugh and talk to himself. Like, it had started to, the symptoms had started to be, like, quite noticeable. Um, He also had delusions, including claiming that Pantera had stolen songs that he'd written and that he planned to sue them. But obviously this was not true because they had no prior connection to him and, like, Def did not steal his songs. Mm -hmm. Um, Gail didn't even have a ticket, which cost just $8 for the show in Columbus that night. One witness would later tell investigators that he saw Gail like lingering in the parking lot before the show and asked him why he wasn't going in. And Gail was just like, "Uh, I I don't want to hear these bands. I'm waiting for damage plan to go on. Mm. So Mm. it was. So he um, wasn't just there for the show and then happened to decide to kill them. No, he, he went, he was lingering. He brought the gun to the show. Like he was planning to do this. Wow. Um, Once damage plan went on, Gail jumped the six foot fence and rushed the club's side door to get in. So that, that explains why like he was able to get in with a gun because he wasn't like, he hadn't like gone in normally and gone through security. Mm -hmm. He like rushed in mid show. Yikes. Oh, wow. Okay. Quote, the dude was way determined, said the lead singer of another band performing that night. Quote, he was on a mission. He looked angry. He was walking like he was going into battle. Ugh. Jesus. He's a big dude. Yeah. Anthrax guitarist Scott Ian, who was a friend of Dimebag's, said the murder forever changed him and, like, how he feels at shows and how he feels about, like interacting with fans at shows, basically. Quote, to me, everything changed after Dime was killed. The stage became off limits for everyone but musicians. I don't give a fuck how much fun you're having. Stay the fuck off the stage. Totally fair. Fair enough, man, says the girl who 
jumped on stage at a Gogol Bordello concert and licked an accordion totally sober. Okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're definitely on the spectrum of CW. I had never even heard of them before, so it wasn't like I was obsessed with them. I was like, somebody was like, hey, do you want to come to this show? And I was like, oh, okay, I guess. And then I got so into it. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. You were sober? You were amazing. I was sober. and then She was overcome. <laughs> and, then, and then they invited me on the tour bus and I was like, nah, I'd rather live. And I can't. Left. I don't even like your music. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my youth. Okay, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dimebag, a.k.a. Daryl Abbott, was just 38 years old when he was murdered. And in a really weird coincidence, the shooting took place on the 24th anniversary of the murder of John Lennon. Whoa. No way. Weird, weird right? Really weird. weird. Um, Gene Simmons donated a kiss-themed casket for his funeral. Cool. And Eddie Van Halen gifted one of his original guitars to Daryl for Daryl to be buried with. Oh, yeah. All pulling um, together. I know. And then pretty recently, Vinny died of a heart attack um, and uh, also had a kiss-themed casket. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what a kiss-themed casket looks like. Yeah, Google that. Is there like a tongue sticking out somewhere? Kiss yeah, check that out. themed casket. <laughs> so oh, my God. The- there are photos. There are photos. We'll put them on the drive. We'll put them on the blog. Yes, yes. No tongues. Okay. <laughs> so though yep. his life was cut tragically short, he'd already accomplished so much. So Pantera's album, Vulgar Display of Power, went double platinum, um, and they were nominated for Best Metal Performance at the Grammys four times. Which is wow. pretty cool. Nominated for a Grammy four times. And Dimebag Daryl's guitar solo on the song Floods, Amanda's favorite song, <laughs> it's what plays when you go to her MySpace profile, um, ranked number You 15. don't even know how accurate that was. <laughs> <laughs> on Guitar World Magazine's list of 100 greatest guitar solos of all time. Amazing. Uh, and he was also ranked, so Dimebag was also ranked on numerous prestigious greatest guitarists of all time lists. So um, he was pretty great. And, you know, most epic of all, Pantera also performed the song Death Rattle on an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, I actually knew that because I had a SpongeBob SquarePants like soundtrack CD and that was on it. What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Nothing. SpongeBob is great. Oh my God. Highbrow humor that you wouldn't understand. Doubt it. I get it. Fucking doubt it. (laughs) I don't doubt it. Try it. Try it. You might like it. So that is my case and it's really sad and people shouldn't have guns and also... Damage yeah. plan. Damage plan. Yeah. I know. It's yeah. really sad. He just was like, he, he was, was just doing like a big furry guitarist yeah. dude. Didn't hurt a fly. Like just nope. loved his brother, loved playing the guitar, making music, yeah. head banging. Nah. 
It's well, so all the important things. Silver lining, evidently, he died right away. And he died on stage doing what he loved to do. That so is it's true. horrifying, That's... but I feel like it could have been worse in that respect. If you have to good find way, a silver lining, that is the only silver lining to be found. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well done. Sponsors? Let's do it. Care Of is a subscription service that makes it easy to get vitamins, protein powders, and more personalized just for you and delivered straight to your door. And the winter blues have finally come to an end. Seriously, thank God. Thank God. So it's finally time to get back into a routine that empowers you to feel your healthiest mm-hmm. or at least healthier. <laughs> and you know how much we love a good quiz. Care of has a fun online quiz that asks you about your diet, your health goals and lifestyle choices and only takes five minutes to find out your personal scientifically backed recommendation for vitamins, protein powders and more. So you could be a total vitamin noob like I was mm-hmm. and care of going to walk you right through it. Or a vitamin freak, like I am. Correct. (laughs) It can still be really hard to know what vitamins or supplements you should be taking, like you personally. But Care Of makes it really easy to find out what you specifically need to be your healthiest. And they now offer protein powders that are available in individual packets for on the go. And also tubs. I love these. For our, you know cost-friendly folks, all personalized to your fitness goals and dietary preferences. Um, I have been using Cara for a long time, and I love their vitamins and supplements, and now Zach has gotten really into their protein powders um, Mm -hmm. because he works out every day, and uh, he's obsessed. Mm -hmm. And they come in good flavors. They got vanilla and chocolate. Yeah, it's an awesome, like, breakfast-on-the-go item, too. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. So for 30% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the promo code GALS30. So again, that is 30% off your first Care Of order. Go to TakeCareOf.com, enter that promo code GALS30, G-A-L-S-3-0, for 30% off. Treat yo whole body. Mm-hmm. Mm. Treat your insides. Away uses high-quality materials while offering a much lower price compared to other brands by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. You can choose from a variety of colors and four sizes, the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, or the large for extended stays. Mm-hmm. Kenyon has literally all of them. I Take do. it away, girl. I literally yeah. have she got the set. all of them purchased with my own money. Um, girl loves a set. I'm obsessed with Away luggage. So they have some key design features. So all suitcases are made with premium German polycarbonate, which is unrivaled in strength and impact resistance and also very lightweight. Like I have zero upper body strength. I'm still able to get the bigger and carry a bad on. back and a bad back yeah. and i can still can like, confirm pack that sucker full and then get it up in the overhead bin by myself like a boss mm-hmm. uh, the interior features a patent pending compression system which is helpful for overpackers. there are four yeah. 360 degree spinner wheels which guarantee a smooth ride it is like butter y'all butter 
There's a TSA-approved combination lock built into the top of the bag to prevent theft, and sometimes your mom sets the code to random numbers, and you panic that you won't be able to open your bag. Yeah. Um, there's also, this is actually one of the best parts, a removable, washable laundry bag, which keeps dirty I love clothes that laundry bag. separate from clean. I'm obsessed mm -hmm. with it. Sometimes I also put my shoes in it. Yep. 100%. Yep. Anything you don't want your other clothes to get soiled with right. goes in the bag. Yeah. It's great. Mm -hmm. My dirty spanks after a live show, yeah, going oh in God. the bag. <laughs> Both sizes okay. of the carry-on are able to charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, and anything else that's powered by a USB cord. A single charge of the Away carry-on will charge your iPhone five times, so you're never going to be left hanging with a dead phone in an airport. I love it. And if you're, like, in a hurry, there are two different ports where you can charge your stuff, like, faster, which I think is genius. Mm -hmm. I love it. The, everything was so well thought of. The design on these is brilliant. Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine it took less than, like, 50 years of R&D to develop these mm -hmm. this luggage. It's incredible. They've got a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks away, we'll fix or replace it for you for life. And they give you a 100-day trial. You can live with it, vibe with it, travel with it, Instagram it. You're going to want to because they got some really cute colors. And if at any point you decide that it's not for you, you can return it for a full refund, no questions asked. They also give you free shipping on any away order within the lower 48 states. Helpful. Love it. And the carry-on sizes that are compliant with all major U.S. airlines maximize the amount that you can pack. If you are in town in New York City, also be sure to visit Away at their retail store. You can see everything that they provide in one place and you will be blown away and you will mm -hmm. not leave empty-handed. I can guarantee that. Mm -hmm. All three of us travel a lot. All three of us use Away love it, luggage. All three of us love it so much. And you're going to love it too. And you can get $20 off a suitcase by visiting awaytravel.com forward slash gals20 and use promo code gals20 during checkout. Again, that's for $20 off a suitcase by visiting awaytravel.com forward slash gals20 gals20 and using that promo code gals20 during checkout. Treat yo travel. Treat it. So as everyone who listens to this show already knows mm -hmm. we are absolutely obsessed with our Rothy's shoes. And mm -hmm. that is the, that is the truth. That is the gospel mm -hmm. truth. They mm -hmm. are stylish. They are sustainable. They are comfortable. They are washable. Yep. Mm -hmm. They have everything that you'd ever want in a pair of shoes. I get compliments on them every time I wear them. Mm -hmm. They're so the perfect I. flat for life on the go. Mm -hmm. They truly are. They are stylish. They are versatile. They go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. I have worn mine with all three of those things. Yep. They come in a wide range of colors and patterns, and they're available in four different silhouettes. I have the rounded toe. I love it. These two cuties have the point. My mom and my sister recently got a bunch of pairs of the point. Like, mm -hmm. everyone I know who we've recommended these shoes to has completely fallen in love with them instantly. Mm -hmm. And they're constantly launching new styles, so you're getting, you're going to be guaranteed to find a pair or three or 12 or 15 that you love. And they launch new colors and patterns every few weeks, and they sell out constantly. Uh, we were 
were just talking about these cute little like astrological sign mm-hmm. themed pairs that they're doing where they like put a subtle little astrological sign on the heel. Mama wants them Libra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real hard. So we're talking real cute, playful designs. You can add fun pops of color to your everyday outfit. Mine are like this really beautiful pink. It's one of my fave colors. So it's really fun. Even if I'm going to work and I'm wearing like all black or I have to go to a meeting, then I can have this cute little pop of color in my shoes and they're super polished and professional. I love it. I'm literally going to go buy a second and third pair right now. (laughs) Yep. We're all on the website as we're recording this ad. So go. Which is great. (laughs) So check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com forward slash gals. Go to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com forward slash G-A-L-S to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, sustainability. These are shoes that you have been waiting for. Head to rothys.com forward slash gals today. Treat yo feet. Treat Treat them. Okay. Are we ready for my case? More sadness. Yes. More More sadness. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I got a fever. (laughs) The only prescription. It's more cowbell. All right. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about Rebecca Schaefer. Oh, I'm glad you're doing this Who is a little bit lesser case. known. Becky Ann Schaefer. Still applies. Rebecca Ann Schaefer. <laughs> um, she was born on November 6th in 1967 in Eugene, Oregon. Mm. She was an only child of two smart, talented parents. Uh, her mom was a writer and a teacher at a local community college, and her dad was a doctor in child psychology. Mm. She was raised Jewish and had childhood aspirations of becoming a rabbi. Oh, I thought was so cute. Um, but by her junior year of high school, her stunning beauty had led her to modeling. She first booked some small spots in department store catalogs and some bigger TV ad spots and was an extra on a few like made for TV movies. So she had like a little career going. Yeah. Um, she got a taste for performing and convinced her parents to let her move to New York City on her own before even graduating high school to pursue her dreams in 1984. So she did do wow. that. She was. Huh? Wow. I'm just thinking about yeah. what a tough conversation that would be. Well, I think that this was more was slash maybe is more common than we would know, because while she was in New York City, she attended a school called the Professional Children's School, which was a nonprofit like college prep school, which is mostly for working child actors or dancers. So there was like housing and it was like supervised. It was basically like a boarding school. So I could see. Oh, and it's case, not like yeah. she's just going to live in some shit apartment in like Brooklyn and she's 17 and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just she on her own. She's still going to finish her education while doing exactly. this. Exactly. Okay. So she went there to finish high school and then either to go on to college or to start work. And during this time, she also had a small recurring role on Guiding Light. <gasps> oh! Get after it. Nice. Um, in late 1984, she landed the role of Annie Barnes on ABC's One Life to Live. Whoa! Yep, and that stint lasted about six months, which is great. And Crushing during this time, she attempted game. Oh, for real. Which ask Lisa Rinna. That is not an easy game to get into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will. Um, during this time, she attempted to further her modeling prospects, but at five foot seven inches, she was considered too short for high fashion <gasps> modeling and struggled to find work. Parentheses, fucking patriarchy. Mm-hmm. 
1985, she moved to Japan in hopes of finding more modeling jobs, but still encountered difficulty due to her height. So she returned to NYC and focused on her acting career instead. You in are only slightly taller than the average and therefore too short. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Isn't that such bullshit? Whatever. Um, in 1986, uh, Rebecca won a small role in Woody Allen's comedy Radio Days, but her performance was ultimately edited from the film. I can totally relate to that. My uh-huh. stint on <laughs> investigation discovery getting completely edited out of the episode, but it's fine. No one's bitter. It's fine. Oh my God. I didn't even um, know that. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, oh sorry. A, it's that okay. Was supposed to be I've recovered. airing this month. No, this was a different thing. Or a year ago, maybe this month. Something yeah, about April. That was a long time ago. Okay. A long time ago. She's over it. It's um, fine. I'm over it. We're not talking about it. It's fine. It's in the past. Um, it was only a brief scene that featured her character and like a tiny portion of it still remains in the film. She continued modeling and also worked as a waitress. Heard that, minus the modeling. And after landing the cover of 17 Almost magazine, a model once. No big deal. <laughs> one time I was in a photograph, so I totally get it. Um, after landing the cover of Seventeen magazine in the late 80s, she caught the attention of television producers who were casting for a new sitcom called My Sister Sam, starring Pam Dauber, who, if you don't know who that is, because I didn't, uh, played Mindy on Mork and Mindy. Oh, okay. So That's she was like kind deal. of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So that was like that. My Sister Sam was actually pretty popular. Uh, Rachel tested for and won the role Rebecca. of Patricia Patty Russell, a teenager who moves from Oregon to San Francisco to live with her 29 year old si- sister, Samantha Sam Russell, after the death of their parents. So that was like the synopsis of the show. The series was initially a hit, ranking in the top 25, but was canceled halfway through its second season in April 1988 due to failing ratings mm. after my sister sam rebecca and support had supporting roles in scenes from the class struggle in beverly hills <laughs> the end of innocence <laughs> and the television film out of time these wow. all sound much darker yeah she also served as a spokesperson for the children's charity thursday's child and just to note the entertainment business is fucking hard y'all and fickle as fuck so this yeah. is like a young woman she's like barely 20 she's already landed a bunch of these roles most of which either got cut or the shows got canceled she's like working her ass off and i mean i can't even this amazing poor thing um while playing patty in my sister sam rebecca caught the eye of robert john bernardo oh no a young man bernardos are canceled Get out. <laughs> Way too many creepy Bernardos. Not yes, all Bernardos. <laughs> um, this was a young man who had become obsessed with Rebecca, and Robert was not a good dude, though I will acknowledge that he had a rough start. He was the youngest of seven children and an Air Force brat. So his family moved frequently before they eventually settled in Tucson, Arizona, in 1983. He was allegedly abused by one of his siblings and was, in fact, placed in foster care after he threatened suicide. So he was really struggling, not having a a good upbringing. Um, Bernardo's family allegedly had a history of mental illness, and he himself was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, At the age of 15, he was institutionalized for a month to treat emotional problems. And I just have to note that, like, even as few years back as the 80s, mental illness was not talked about or treated in the way that we see it now. And we still have a long fucking way to go in that regard. 
Yeah. And it's just really fucking tragic. Break the fucking stigma. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And, and also we're talking a lot about folks with certain mental illnesses on this episode, but obviously mm-hmm. like people with these mental illnesses are much more likely to like hurt themselves be victims. or, or yep. yeah, be victims or not hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but in these particular cases that we're mentioning, these are the facts. Yeah, this is like you Kenyon said earlier, this is like not the rule. This is often the exception to the rule and everybody wants to villainize mental illness and blame it for why people do certain things. And that's not necessarily how it works. Um, Robert dropped out of high school in the ninth grade and began working as a janitor at a Jack in the Box, which oh, is a fast food chain for those of us listening who may not have that in their area. Yep. He had been arrested three times on charges that included domestic violence and disorderly conduct. And his neighbors also said that he had exhibited quote, unexplained, strange and threatening behavior toward them. And he's like 19 years old at this point. Like he's young. Pay attention to domestic violence. Yep. Also pay attention to stalking. Yep. Over the course of about three years, he had sent Rebecca fan letters, which I tried desperately to find some images of, but instead found some very creepy drawings he did while in prison of other celebrities. So please feel free to go to the drive. Oh, oh, oh. my God. Okay. Oh. Oh. Angelina Jolie. Okay, well, I'm yeah. glad he labeled it because I know would not and have known. did a drawing. Did a couple drawings like of Rebecca that if you look at the other photos of beautiful Rebecca on the drive, do not fucking do her any justice whatsoever. He oh nailed the eyebrows drew, for Angelina. He drew though. Casey Anthony and her baby. Oh, I know. Okay. And the baby They're, looks like. When that old Italian woman tried to fix the mural yeah, the painting Jesus. of Jesus. Yes. That was my first thought. It's really not good, y'all. He, it's really he not good. He did nail Angelina's eyebrows, though. I'm going to give him that. Okay. Yes. Oh, my um, God. So he'd been writing her all these letters, and when he did not get the responses that he wanted, he attempted to gain access to the set of the CBS TV series My Sister Sam. (sighs) He showed up with, like, a stuffed animal toy asking to see her, but security rightfully turned him away. He's pissed. He comes back a month later with a knife. Uh Security guards, again, prevent him from gaining unauthorized access. Okay, now you can come in. Yeah, right. <laughs> this stuffed animal, no. Knife uh, after it's use The magic it. word. The <laughs> magic weapon. Yeah. So obviously security, again, is like, uh, nah, this is not happening. Um, so he returns to his native Tucson and loses focus on Rebecca for a little while because his obsession shifted toward pop singers Debbie Gibson, Madonna, and Tiffany. Yes. And I think he did some similar stuff like sending them letters and, you know, just being a general creep. But I couldn't really find any solid like he showed up at this place or he just was like distracted by these other women. Okay. But eventually his focus shifted back to Rebecca and his rage only intensified when he saw Rebecca in bed with a male actor in the TV movie scenes from the class struggle in Beverly Hills. So her character was in bed with another character. Yeah. She was acting. Yeah. And she's like 21, 22 at this point. So it's not even like a thing. Mm -hmm. But in his eyes, she had, quote, lost her innocence. Oh, my God. This man is just fucking patriarchy, like standing in front of like a funhouse mirror repeating over and over and over again. It's the worst. 
It's the worst. Okay. Um, after learning that a man named Arthur Richard Jackson had stalked, who stalked and stabbed actress Teresa Saldana in 1982, had used a private investigator to obtain Saldana's address. Oh, no. He approached a detective agency in Tucson and paid them $250 to find Rebecca's home address in California DMV records. That should Which be at the illegal. Time you could do. Well, it becomes illegal literally because of this. Mm. But at the time, it was not illegal. So he got her fucking home address for 250 bucks. And his brother helped him get a handgun because he was underage. He was only 19 at the time. Um, and he goes to her apartment. Oh, my God. And Rebecca was about to reach the top of her game. And on July 18th, eight, 1989, was preparing for an audition for the role in The Godfather 3, which I don't want to disrespect the dead, but was the worst of The Godfathers and can basically just be <laughs> skipped. And, like, don't you don't need to watch it. She obviously was not in it. So oh, my God. Just, it doesn't, okay. it's the worst. Let it go. Okay. Um, she was expecting the script to arrive that day. So when the doorbell rang, she eagerly answered it. Oh, no. Oh. Yep. But she opened the door to Robert, who told her he was a big fan. After Great. she turned him away, she's like, uh, nope, you're not who I was expecting. You need to go. He left. He went to a diner for breakfast only to return, like to get full up and then come back mm -hmm. um, about an hour later, again, ringing the doorbell. Oh, no. She opened the door again and he fired a bullet through her chest. Oh, oh my God. God. Yep. Just shot her right in the doorway, killed her instantly. He took off and wandered back from California to Tucson and it took about a day for him to be arrested. He was found walking aimlessly in traffic in Tucson yelling, I killed Rebecca Schaefer a day after her murder. I was going to ask, how did they connect it to him? But never mind. Yep. He made it real easy. Mm -hmm. They also found a photograph of her in his pocket and learned that he traveled to California with the intention of finding and killing her. After being arrested, he immediately confessed. So he was not even trying to like yeah. say he didn't do it. Right. He was tried by prosecutor Marsha Clark, who oh. is a name you might remember because she later became known for her role in the O.J. Simpson murder case, mm -hmm. which I will not get into, but we could save that for another day. He was convicted of capital murder in a bench trial and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, which is where he is now uh, actively working on his drawing skills. Yeah, need, needs work. Yeah. Yeah. He needs a little more time. Mm -hmm. And following this incident and the assault of Saldana, um, California laws regarding the release of personal information through the DMV were drastically changed. Thank God. I can't fucking believe that you could get personal information through the DMV anyway. Yeah. yeah. Through like any government agency where you can get a full name and a home address. Not good. That's fucking wild. Was Who it like a that? bribe or he just no, paid the like, fee? Yeah, you could pay, you could basically like either pay for access or he paid a private investigator because this kid's like 19. So I don't think he knew what avenues to, to go through. Mm. But this was a legal act of, uh, you know, research, basically. You would be shocked at how much information about people's full names and addresses you can get for free mm -hmm. online because I had a data entry job in college doing exactly that. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. That's scary. I found some crazy shit about your boyfriends. Yeah, just ask Yes, Kenyan. you have. 
Yes, you have. It's terrifying. And their fathers. So, because of Kenyon, the Driver's Privacy Protection <laughs> Act was enacted in 1994, <laughs> which prevents the DMV from releasing private addresses, and Schaefer's death also helped prompt the 1990 passage of America's first anti-stalking laws in California. Like, these laws did not exist right. until this, like, high-profile death, and then in 1990, the first of the United States anti-stalking laws went into effect in California and then other states started to follow suit. And that is the worst and is also my case. Yep. Yep. That is stalking and domestic violence. Like these are two things Mm -hmm. that are what the most common indications of like future gun violence Mm -hmm. in especially Mm -hmm. white male suspects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we just take them as a given. Yeah. Like, they're not even, like, reported on most of the time. Like, we just take them as so run-of-the-mill par for the course. It is. Mm -hmm. Fills me with blinding rage. Yes. Yep. Hate it. It's tragic, and I hate it. You know what I don't hate? Our fans. Our fans who are not obsessive and should totally (laughs) send us fan art to the P.O. box. Yep. And we do fan art Friday and we'll post your shit on social media so you can be famous too. And it's awesome. Um, Also, special thanks to our fan picker, sort of, Matt Camerate, who was Mm. like, nah, I'm going to use my white male, I don't know if he's white, my male privilege to... Give this choice up to the gals and thank Didn't you so much, Matt. Did he say in the email that he was white? I, I think, yeah, I think so. I just forgot for a sec. Either way, he nailed it. Bravo, yep. Matt. And thank you, Brianna Foster. <gasps> Foster's Australian for beer. Banana Foster. <laughs> <gasps> yes. At <sighs> two Banana Foster. Thank you for your $5 a month donation. Yum. Thank you, Caitlin Kugler. C- Cuggler? Ooh. You're Googler. a real snuggler. Snoogler. <laughs> okay. Caitlin Kluger. Thank you so much. Um, thank you to Jamie Franks. Frankly, my dear, I do give a damn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thank you. Thank you to Tara Pratt. Uh... <laughs> I could just prattle on forever about how much yeah. I love you. How do you like them prattles? <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. Thank you, Nikki Lyon. You got us roaring about your generous donation. You're really the king or queen or both or neither of the jungle. <laughs> shout, out, <laughs> shout out to Kristen Heaton. Feels like it's getting hot in here, Kristen Heaton. Thank you so much for your donation. Mm. Mm. So take off all your clothes if you want to. If you consent. Um, if you consent. Emily Nish- Nischel, thank you for your pronunciation guide. I still don't know if I got it right, <laughs> but I appreciate it. We almost yeah. fucked it up. Initially. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Emily. Okay. Crimson Heinrich. Hi, Crimson. What a regal name. (laughs) Heinrich. That sounds like one of the German names we were (laughs) making up earlier. (laughs) It sounds like a German private detective. Yeah, it does. 
Crimson's got me blushing with their $5 a month. Yes. Thank you so much. Ooh la la. And Kirsty Plank, I would even do one plank for you, and that is saying something. Planks are hard. I planked for a full minute one time. <sighs> I'm Why? like still sore. That was almost a year ago. Years ago. <laughs> <laughs> You're still sore one from time, planking a year ago. One time Lucy texted me. <laughs> to say that she'd walked a 5K and ate an orange that no, weekend. And no, she no, was no. I so ran healthy. a mile. I ate an orange and then I went to a basketball or a baseball yeah. game. What's yeah. the Who are you? The 5K <laughs> I actually ran the whole time. I didn't even walk at all for that 5K. And again, I'm still Liar. sore. Okay. I did it for the, well, the medal. <laughs> they gave them to everyone. For the medal. You're <laughs> for the amazing. Glam medal. Yes. You know who else is amazing? Glittle. Greta Stevrid, who is the glittle <laughs> to our metal. Glam metal Greta, thank you for your $5 a month donation. I have a great visual of Greta. Yep. Thank you to Brianna. No last name needed. Yes, Knight Brianna of Tarth. Oh, God <laughs> Damn it, that show gets me every fucking time. Wept. Wept. <laughs> Thank you to Kelly Hallmark, or maybe Kelly Hallmark. <gasps> like Kanye. Kanye Hallmark. Thank you so much. You deserve a card. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Hunter Williams. I want to hunt you in the world's most dangerous game. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Human hunt. Williams. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you for your $5 donation, and I'll be seeing you soon. Oh my Lord. Take these threats seriously. Have me arrested. Oh my God. Someone's going to call the authorities on Amanda. Meh. All right. Speaking of authority, Kayla. Kayla hardly knew a. Because he got no last name and very little to go on here. <laughs> little to work with. Shout out to Katie Coey. You wouldn't know-y, but I <laughs> lowy you. <laughs> wow. That was bad. Not a reach. Totally nailed it. Thank you, Mackenzie Bennett. You Ben, your net, I'm going to give you a thumbs up. Ben, it, believe yeah, it. Thanks. You bet it, believe it. For giving a donation. I know. I know. I know. Just trying to make you feel better. All right. Thanks. I'm a good friend. <laughs> Thank you, Hillary Remley. You were all rammed up because of your generous <laughs> donation, Hillary. Yes, we can. Wait, different, <laughs> different campaign. Nah. Kristen Overstreet increased their donation from one to five dollars a month. Did we go to high school with this person? I was just gonna say, I feel like we did. If we did, I recognize this name, and I'm sorry that we don't immediately know this. Shout out to you! Thank you so much. Go skippers! Go skippers! <laughs> and also go skippers to Elizabeth Langdon. Just kidding. Um, I mean, go 
skippers to everyone, but whatever. Elizabeth <laughs> also increased their donation from two to five dollars a month, and they're not gonna leave me Langdon because they're giving their money to us to help us have a show. Thanks, Elizabeth. Oh my God! All right, thank you, Jillian Wright, kicking off our ten dollar a month tier. You'll be getting a free flexible fucking patriarchy wine glass in the mail, Jillian. These You're glasses are amazing. You can literally throw them on the ground and they won't break. <laughs> they just bounce. That's amazing. They could scratch. Jillian's on the right side of history for donating to Patreon. Isn't Jillian right like a famous author? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. You're right about <laughs> one thing, Jillian. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Alessandra Cunio. Increasing from five to ten dollars a month, gonna get that wine glass. Um, Alessandra, we love ya. You and we also love ya, Kate (laughs) Berto. Kicking off the trash queen tier with fifteen dollars a month. I can't hardly, Kate, to give you your trash in the mail. I can get you a (laughs) Berto. What? Like I can toe. get you a Berto with the nail polish. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, a toe. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. This one is incredible. Actually, do one of you want to read this? Because I'm going to read this other big I'll long read, one. I'll read this one. Okay. I was really into this one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Psycho Cupcake and the rest of the Nickel City Renegades Fuck gave... Yes. $60 once off, and they wrote, quote, Hey, gals, this donation comes with a story. We have a new guy skater on our newly co-ed roller derby team. We were, Amazing. We were only women until this season. Our new guy is just learning the sport, just learning to skate, yet every practice he knows better and wastes a bunch of everyone's time trying to mansplain to me how to run my team and to the ladies all about roller derby in general. Mm. His name's Alan. Mm -hmm. I've been playing for 11 years and coaching for five, and this dude's still just learning to skate. So what does she know? Right. Well, she has a vagine, so she couldn't possibly know about roller derby. Mm -hmm. Oops. Um, Instead of getting angry, a handful of us decided that for every month he continues to mansplain and not shut the fuck up when instructed, we will donate his monthly dues to you guys (laughs) with a clue to his derby name. Oh my God, yes. So eventually, hopefully, you can give him a shout out. Here are his dues for March, and the way it's going, April will be yours, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. Derby name, clue one, he's in charge on a ship. Oh, my God, go skippers. Captain. Like Captain something. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for reading this. (laughs) Captain Ron. Oh my god, you love that movie. I love that movie. I know. I've seen that movie probably a hundred (laughs) times. Okay. Thanks for reading this far. XOXO Psycho Cupcake, Reverend Ruckus Gore. Wait. Sorry, there are no, I don't know. Re- Reverend Ruckus Gore May Biscuit locked and loaded and all the rest of the Nickel City Renegades. Nice pop. Bravo, Holy shit, Nickel that's City fucking Renegades. amazing. I'm obsessed with it. I yep. love you all and you make me want to learn how to do roller derby, except mm-hmm. with my back, but still, with you're my amazing. <laughs> and if you are like, 
the Psycho Cupcake and the rest of the Nickel City Renegades or like want to be creative with your donation or like all of my exes and can't uh, make a long-term commitment, you can donate a once-off donation at really in any denomination you want on our online store, wine and crime podcast as did Sarah Myers, mm-hmm. you sweet, sweet beauty who gave us 25 bucks. We could not, be Myers grateful. <laughs> Your Myers Briggs must reflect. You, you must <laughs> reflect so much generosity in your Myers Briggs. Oh my God. You're an IMFG for generous. Yeah, giver. Okay. Okay. Last but not least, <laughs> we have an anonymous donor Ooh. who has given us a $125 once-off donation. There is a story. Shit. Wow. This is what the anonymous donor says. This donation is to cover a year of Patreon support from Jen Zuko. Woo! So, Jen Zuko, if you're listening, continue listening. Anonymous donor says, quote, I don't want her to feel weird or indebted to me in any way. I would just like her to know that a member of the wine coven saw her tweet and due to personal experiences, um, this person has a great reason to be grateful for the help of a professor's assistant years ago who basically kept her from ending her life in 1991 at the age of 17. Since we all know that college professors are not paid enough, I wanted to pay it forward, says anonymous donor. I tried to find the assistant professor who helped me all those years ago, only to find that she passed away after a long fight with cancer in 2009. I was lucky enough to reach some of her family members, and I was able to share my appreciation for what she had done for me. I was obvi- it was obviously a bittersweet conversation. If you're able to share this in a shout-out, please do. I don't want to be identified because it's not about me. It's about the amazing community of people, especially women, that the three of you have created with your podcast. Aww. You've made the point... You've made the point several times that women supporting, empowering, and elevating each other is so important in counteracting the patriarchy's divisive narrative that women can only be rivals. I thank you for that, and it is for all of these reasons that I want to donate a Patreon subscription to your Patreon. Who knows? It might start something. I love that. Jen Zuko, if you're listening, hit us up to get your mailing address, and we will send you your wine glass on behalf of anonymous donor who just yes. knows that teachers aren't fucking paid enough. And yeah. uh, they saw and they your tweet. They want to help out. Women empower other women. We fucking love it. This is awesome. I love the idea of donating a Patreon subscription anonymously to another member of the Wine Coven. I think that's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, I think that's super cool. I, I love definitely that. cried the first time I read this email. Yeah. It hit me right in the feel balls. In the feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right Y'all in the listeners are amazing. Yeah. We have the best listeners in the world. So Jen Zuko, hit us up. Thank you, Anonymous. Thank you, all of our other Supporters. We love you all. We're obsessive we really fans do. to all of you. Seriously, thank you mm-hmm. so much. We stand the wine coven. We do. We do. We stand love you the all. Wine coven. And, <laughs> and we you. will talk to you next week. We love you so much. Yes. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip.
Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Most importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! From the woman who helped bring you, and that's why we drink. And the man who happens to be related to her. Comes a podcast featuring dramatic readings of one-star reviews. Beach too sandy. Water too wet. Available anywhere podcasts are heard.